Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled on Campus, a spinoff podcast series that will spotlight colleges and universities and give you, the listener, information that you may need when deciding to research or visit those institutions. A college visit before you visit. I'm Chris Reeves, Independent College Counselor. I'm Joel Ford, Public School Counselor at Connor High School in Hebron, Kentucky. And for today's episode, this is a first for us. Yeah, baby. Chris, I'm always jealous because, you know, you're off hiking some mountain somewhere or or driving somewhere and, and you get the opportunity to stop. But uh, somehow I managed to get out of the office and we both did some college visiting on our way uh, to and before the 2023 NACAC National Conference in Baltimore. So it was an actual road trip because we drove it, baby. Everyone was so impressed that we drove that. <laughs> like, you drove? Like, yeah, it's eight hours. Not too bad. No, Plus, you know, we stopped halfway through and we're just about to talk about that. But uh, for the listeners, almost 20 hours of driving, over 1,000 miles and four colleges. Along the way, we stopped at West Virginia University in Morgantown, West Virginia. Then the next day, we visited the University of Maryland at College Park. That's the main campus. The U.S. Naval Academy. And I did a little detour to St. John's College, all before four days of connecting and learning at NACAC, which was, which was awesome this year, by the way. And I just want to, want to say a special thank you to my car. Um, 140,000 miles on it, and sometimes she can be a little finicky, but, you know, she came through on this trip like a champ, so. She was great. Woo! Fingers, was crossed. Great. I was, fingers crossed on that one, but before before we get too excited, let's, let's refocus. So, for those of you listening, our goal is to give you a preliminary look at a campus as you begin your college admissions journey. Uh, Chris, we did something fun and possibly a little stupid on the road between West Virginia and Baltimore. Uh, so why don't you uh, start us off with that? Well, first of all, we're not going to use it. Maybe <laughs> maybe someday in the deep, deep, deep blooper reels. But we went ahead and tried to record our West Virginia visit as we were driving down the road. Maybe I'll put something in the bloopers at the end of this episode or something like that, if I can even figure it out. But uh, yeah, we did some podcast recording, put the microphone between us, and as we're driving away from West Virginia toward Baltimore, we tried to we tried to break down the University of West Virginia. While so, going up and down in the Appalachian Mountains. It's a beautiful drive. It was. A beautiful drive. And kudos to you for uh, doing all of that driving, actually, which I did not mention. So, okay, everybody, hop in the back seat and let's head to the mountain state. If you're with us from the minute we started, you're cruising I-71 north out of northern Kentucky for maybe the most 100, the most boring miles <laughs> of driving in America. Uh, <laughs> then you hit I-270 east around Columbus, I-70 east through, through Ohio, through West Virginia, into Pennsylvania. You drop down I-75 south back into West Virginia. 79, not 75, 79. I, I said 79, but I probably was mumbling. So, yeah, I, yes, correct. I-79 south back into West Virginia. So after five hours, smooth sailing, we start our tour at the most important part, lunch. Yep. The Iron Horse Tavern was a great choice, Joel. It was. It, and it was good to get out of the car. Um, the Iron Horse Tavern was right in the heart of downtown Morgantown. Um, Morgantown was a really, really cute town um, right in a river valley. Um, so you've got mountains everywhere. There's a reason why West Virginia is called the Mountaineers, um, which we'll get into momentarily. But the town itself uh, just looked like um, small town America. It did. Um, it really did. And and the Iron Horse Tavern was right off the main road. Right across from the courthouse. Yeah. And uh, just a, a good way to get refueled before we started looking around. Well, tell us, my, my first impressions were, were really kind of trying to figure out West Virginia, 
trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to where, where to park. I mean, if you want to, you, you had to do the driving. So I, 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 you could add to this if you want to, but uh, parking was kind of difficult. A little bit. Um, the one thing about where we started, since we were we were downtown, um, you know, basically you have city streets or town streets. Um, there wasn't a lot of of signage um, as far as as parking. We got caught in the middle of a class change as we were driving around and talk about a vibrant campus we'll talk about that too maybe it's students just came out of wherever um and before we knew it like i was trying to dodge students that were walking from one building to the next um and so we ended up parking about a mile away from where we started and, and it was what like a uh like a parking lot for like their nature. Um, they had like a little nature preserve, little wooded area. Oh yeah. 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 We ended up, we ended up parking at the Arboretum, the core Arboretum. Yeah. That's the word. Didn't do the trails, which I see on the map would have been really, really kind of cool, but we just didn't have time for that. Right. So, so my first impression is, and, and I, I, I mean this with all due respect the setup was different than anything I've ever encountered before. Um, it was almost like there were two distinct parts of campus. One was down in the river Valley and the other was about a mile, mile and a half away on top of the mountain. Um, and We'll get we'll get to how they were connected here in just a second, but ah, yeah, definitely, definitely two to me. It felt like two different campuses almost. Um, the downtown campus had a lot of older architecture. That's where the the school started. The uptown or the 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 newer part up on top of the mountain um, was a well, lot don't, more. And, open. and don't forget that we didn't go to the health sciences campus, right? Which um, is the, the third, the third separate. It was really, you know, like what I again, I'd probably talk about Ohio State too much, but Ohio State will have the ag campus, medical campus, and main campus, but there's nothing in between. So mm-hmm. when you when you get to the edge of one campus, the other campus starts. But in Morgantown, one, you're building on hills mm-hmm. in pre existing places. So like down low, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but perhaps down low you've got you've got the main campus the oldest part of campus and but then to expand there was nothing nowhere to build right. so so you you skip you know the half mile or whatever it is a mile away and then you're up on top of a hill at the newer part of campus and then of course health sciences you could see in the distance from that top of the hill that uh that we did not go we did not go see so so as we came into town we saw a lot of elevated train tracks um and they really kind of looked to me like it was an old coal train track. It did, uh, didn't it? Like a little, and it was a little box, right? Like a little right. box with people in it. But but then the trams came, and you saw this blue and gold little tram going down this track, and the West Virginia logo, which is very distinctive, and that's how they get from the bottom to the top. They take trams. Um, these trams, the, it's like you get out of class and if you need to go to another part of campus, you go to the train station and, and you get on the tram and you either ride up the mountain, ride down the mountain, whatever part of campus you want to go to. That's how, that's how students get around. Um, which is also, yeah, how we got around. Tell tell that story. That's a good one. Well, so, you know. Chris and I both have jobs, but that doesn't mean we carry change. And so for students, you just simply swipe your card and go through the turnstile and get on the, the tram. Uh, for those of us who aren't students, you need 50 cents in change um, in order to get on the tram. Neither of us had change. And so thankfully, we, we found two students one who I think would have swiped anybody that asked nicely, 
Um, and she then, asked us, <laughs> Do you, you need a little help guys? We're like, right. yeah, we, we need a little help. Yeah. And then one girl that, you know, probably had the, the better reaction, like who are these two guys? Uh, but, but did, did help us out. Um, and so thanks to two of the Mountaineer students, we were able to get on the tram and get to, uh, two different parts of campus. And for any for any prospective students listening or considering looking at West Virginia, it, it became it looked pretty natural for the students just to bounce back and forth between these campuses. And it did go really fast. And it right. was I mean, I think for us it was kind of fun, but when you do it every day, it's just, you know, part of how you get around. It's right. like riding the metro in DC or something. You know, the, right. the tourists think it's fun, everybody else just sits there. But but it's efficient and it works and they have found the system to get you around. Yep. So um, tell us, uh, and, and that's called the PRT, the, the Personal Rapid Transit. So, um, Chris, tell us a little bit about your uh, impressions of some of the buildings we saw. The buildings were, were cool. I mean, you've got the oldest part of campus, Wood, Woodburn Circle. Uh, namely, you've got Martin Hall, Woodburn Hall, and I can't remember the other, the other name, but these are, Martin Hall's the oldest building on campus, built in 1870. 1876 Woodburn Hall is built. That's the one you see in pictures. If you look up West Virginia, that's Woodburn Hall. Mm-hmm. And and with my with my research, not my my innate background in archaeology or archaeology architecture. See what I mean? Uh, but with with some research, it's in Second Empire architecture. Lots of red brick. Uh, you see a lot of this on college campuses. A lot of state college campuses. You'll see these you know kind of magnificent red brick buildings. So. Second Empire architecture, uh, very cool, a place to hang out, sit right in the center of, of campus. One of the coolest buildings, maybe this is the kind of architecture I do like, but Stewart Hall is a big old stone building, a lot of details, just in this Romanesque revival architecture that's just really magnificent and just gives you kind of a sense of presence on campus. But, you know, these buildings... Basically, basically don't change. But what I, the moving pieces I saw on campus, aside from the PRT, were the students, mm. vibrant, everywhere. And we, we, I don't think we had a little argument about this, a little discussion. I contended that it's a ton of school spirit because you see, I, I felt like every third or fourth student had something West Virginia on. Right not just regular clothing from you know target or something like that. Like every, every three to four people, maybe, maybe, maybe higher, higher percentage. I'm not sure had just something about their school. Mm-hmm. And it's just a normal, regular Tuesday, if I remember. So I, the, the two students who helped us with the transit were really nice. The, yeah. the student working the desk when we first got to campus and we're trying to figure out how to get around yeah. She was really, really nice and gave us some maps and that sort of thing. Uh, there, she were, was, there were kids on the tram that talked to us when we asked a couple questions. I mean, yeah. Yeah, really, really. I mean, West Virginia and Kentucky have a lot of similar values, I think. And, and we're kind of used to, you know, just chatting it up a little bit with people whenever we are around. But uh, yeah, but these are these are students and we're a couple of old guys like out of place. Right. And they were <laughs> super nice to us. The, the, the thing that struck me, um, you know, Chris and I sometimes have a, uh, might have a different approach. Um, he likes to see as many buildings as he can. And, and I appreciate that. Um, me being, being slower, sometimes I like to just sit one and rest, but two, I like to just sit and watch people watch. Yeah. And contemplate. Cont- and, and, yeah. and just kind of see if I can feel what a vibe feels like. Um, and the, the, the thing that, that struck me on the, on the bottom campus, on the downtown campus, when kids traveled, it was a lot more, there were, there were a lot more in large groups in part because they all got off the train at the same time. Right. Sure. So when you're going down the sidewalk, you're going in, in some parts, you're going down like as a line of students. Uh, when we got up to the the top of the mountain, a lot more spread out, a lot more real estate. Um, so the buildings were were spread out, um, and it just 
it was a different, it was, there were less students up there that we saw. Um, it just was less bustle, um, but, but quieter. Uh, but that, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just, sure. this was kind of a different vibe up there. Yeah. The engineering buildings were all up there. Yeah. The whole, basically the whole engineering campus, but also the student activities facility, which was mm -hmm. awesome. We, we went into that. That was up top. Right. And that was, that was fantastic. Uh, you know, something, uh, something we did on our, on our, our car ride recording that we're not using, I brought back up and I'd like to do that really quickly. Cause I think this is really interesting. Uh, I'm going to run through the top majors. Mm -hmm. at West Virginia. So let's hit academics for a moment. We can get back into some of the facilities and things, but academics are always important. Top major, interdisciplinary studies. So the the multi-interdisciplinary multi studies, maybe that's even kind of an undecided sort of thing, but that, no, that's not really undecided, but it's, it's just combining majors and studying topics within each other. Mm -hmm. Health and physical education and fitness, nursing, Journalism, general studies, mechanical engineering, psychology, exercise physiology, criminology, biology. So, so biology, 3% of majors were biology majors. Uh, the multi-interdisciplinary studies, 5.6%. These are 2021 graduates, were 5.6%. So that's, it's not a big gap. So you have a lot of a lot of major, there's a lot of things spread out academically. Mm. Um, but what, what it made me really think is that for a state university, West Virginia, and I don't know, I didn't read the mission of West Virginia, but, but what I imagine is West Virginia's mission is being fulfilled in a fantastic way because it's serving the state and the citizens of West Virginia really, really well. So if you're a West Virginia resident, and you want an in-state college that's going to give you anything you need, check out West Virginia University. And I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> Just by seeing the school spirit and seeing, you know, how many people are there. Um, but this is, you know, you're talking about a large public land grant, land grant research university. It's got it all. And if you like the outdoors, you like the mountains, um, and you're not from West Virginia, give it a look. Um, because you're definitely in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains there. I'm going to read very quickly. The There's a big sign, and I just think it kind of says it all. Uh -huh. And then maybe we wrap up West Virginia. So this might be a good way to, to conclude this. But, um, it's, I mean, we're talking like like a, like a building size sign. So this font is really, really big. <laughs> so, but it, the, it, it's really just kind of cool. So you have all these, the way I can describe it is it's, it's the all caps, different size fonts here and there. And they have these uh, climbers, like transposed, like they're climbing up the words. It's really, really cool. But before pride, before recognition, there is first, oh, I'm getting chills already. The first thought, the first step, the first breakthrough. At West Virginia University, we are determined to go first in bigger font. It's in our blood. It's in our sweat, and it's in our nature. Here, going first means we're bold enough to dream big, to take risks. It's why we go to the edge instead of going back. We build a bridge, and we keep going. So we will go above, we will go beyond, and when everyone else goes back, Mountaineers go first. Woo. Woo, I got chills. That's Man. awesome. That's good. I couldn't, I slowed down reading because literally the Mountaineers were like climbing, like they're rock climbing. They, they have like the helmet and the, the, the pants thing that rock climbers have. And it's like over top of the words we build. <laughs> I was like, what does that say? There's a, there's a rock climber blocking that. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's the university. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome, awesome pick. We'll put that on our, our Twitter or something. So um, we'll call that a wrap. Uh, we got back in the car, drove about another three, three and a half hours tops um, and pulled into Baltimore um, and, and got ready for the next day. Cool. Yep. Sounds like a plan. We checked into the room, found our respective dinners, rested up for the big day. Yep. So uh, next morning, time to get up, 
we headed southwest from Baltimore. Uh, took about uh, close to an hour. Got to the outskirts of Washington, D.C., which I didn't realize until I looked at a map that we were that close. Um, I knew we were headed that way. But um, apparently we were close enough to get to the close to the end of the Metro Green Line. Um, and we ended up in College Park, Maryland, where we went to the University of Maryland. Well, what were your first impressions? Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Georgian architecture, if I remember correctly. Ah. Um, and I, I thought I read somewhere that like a third of campus is designated as like either like nature preserve forest, something along those lines. Um, the one thing I, 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 the couple of initial impressions, one, the campus itself was beautiful. Uh, it was a pretty morning. It was early in the morning. Kids were moving. A lot of kids were moving through, going to class, that sort of thing. But there was still kind of like a a quietness to it. Like you, you could feel the the natural part of the campus kind of like coming through to me. Um, it wasn't that kids weren't engaged or anything. It just, you felt that natural vibe coming through. Um, I did see quite a few kids on electric scooters, saw quite a few places where you could get an electric scooter. Um, and so as some kids were walking, others were just zooming past, um, going to class. But my initial impression was this is a beautiful, beautiful campus. It really is. I mean, you know, if you take it, if you look at an image from above, you realize how, how much, how many trees there are. Yeah. Like, like how much canopy there is kind of right next to around the campus and being that close to DC, like it's in your brain, just thinking about it. It's like, well, and even the drive in, like we're on the main drag coming into town and I mean, there's traffic, right? So, you know, we're, we're coming along, stopping at lights, that sort of thing. And then we turn right into the main entrance, what I assume is the main entrance to campus. And instantly it's like. The vibe changes. Right. Completely. And walking. So, yeah, I mean, you go into McKeldon Mall, which is, is the big, the big green space on campus. Right. Um, the main, the main green space. That's what you're going to see a picture of when you. That's what you're going to see a picture of. Yeah. McKeldon Mall. And that's the, the sundial in the middle is really, really cool. Um, the waterfall that kind of goes through it, the, the skinny waterfall that goes right down through the middle. Uh, it's, it's peaceful. It's big. All the diagonal pathways through it. Uh, good, good place to hang out. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed walking through McKeldon Mall. Testudo, definitely hmm. a highlight. The toys. Yeah, one, uh, one thing I was impressed with was the, um, we ended up, and probably good for Chris since his school, um, that he's got some students he works with at a school that focuses on STEM. We saw we saw some of the, the STEM programs, and, and we saw, um, well, why don't you describe the building, Chris? Well, it was really, really new and really, really big. And we tried to get to the rooftop, but we got blocked to get to the rooftop. But it's, uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know, just the big wide open spaces, the cafe and the lobby. And, and it was, it wasn't like some fancy thing that's built and people weren't using. It was packed with students. Right. It was very vibrant. And it's where they house the new computer science. Uh, the robotics labs were in there, I believe. They were the AI, the AI stuff was in there. I mean, a lot of things were happening in this building, but it was like, it was really, really nice. More of a, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I need to look at my pictures. It's more of a. Well, and you walked, we were on, we were on the floor with the robotics center and you walked one direction and I walked the other. And right. there were, there were all these workspaces and it was all glass, but and and this is this may sound stupid, but like 
you had the workspace, you had like design labs and all this. Every whiteboard was like covered in math equations. I could just imagine like students in there, like trying to figure stuff out and working together and collaborating and working, working out the math problem, like just what you would visualize college students doing. Let me try to explain this building. I'm looking at the photograph. Let me try to explain this. So it's, it's seven floors high, all glass windows with the roof, of course, you know, like the eight, eighth floor sort of thing. It's, I would say, oh gosh, maybe 75 yards on the short end, maybe 50 to 75 yards on the short end. You see, I watched a lot of football this weekend. Mm And maybe, no, not quite. I'd say 50 yards by 75 yards. So, so maybe 150 feet by 200 something feet. And the the corner, the main the corner that, that faces campus is curved. Right. So it's not a rectangle in that way. It's really smoothly curved, and just like it's straight on the ends, but that corner is beautifully curved, and. It's the Brendan Aribe Center for Computer Science and Engineering. So, you know, as we're mumbling around, that's the official name of this building. And it was so, so nice. Uh, I, in, in fact, academically, I did another, another lookup for us here. Are you ready? Yeah. So you, you heard West Virginia's State University. Right. But now we're going to look at Maryland. And it's so much different. Uh Remember that the highest major at West Virginia housed 5.6% of their 2021 graduates. Mm -hmm. Okay, 2021 graduates at Maryland, 9.1% were computer science majors. The next 7.2% are information science and studies. So that's 16.3% of all majors at Maryland were either computer science or information science. Yeah. That's strong. That's a one-sixth. Yeah. One six. So the next one's biology. I'm sure you have a ton of pre-med in that program as well. Then you go to finance and then economic, econometrics and quantitative economics. I've never even heard that word. It's so yeah. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not those guys, Joel. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we've got psychology, criminology, but then you hit mechanical engineering, political science and government, which makes sense and public health, which makes sense in the DC area. It's probably right. great access, that sort of thing. So you have a whole different vibe academically at this university as well. Uh, I have had people look at Maryland, and primarily it's computer science people, right? Who have who've put Maryland on the list. But this campus is awesome. So I have a couple other places in my running around that I wanted to see because I had been on this campus before. So my favorite part is the Jim Henson sculpture. And if any younger listeners don't know, Jim Henson was the creator of the Muppets, but also a 1960 graduate of University of Maryland. And there's a really great statue with him on a bench talking to Kermit. And of course, I just, you know, had to jump in behind with a picture and get myself joining that conversation. But it's literally a bench you can sit on, too. If you want to sit and read a book, you can sit next to Jim Henson and Kermit. And who wouldn't want to do that? And and so while he was doing that, I went and saw the um, history building, the Francis Scott Key Hall. Um, and awesome. so, again, the building itself was beautiful. Um, and the one thing I noticed, so, I'm, you know, I'm still watching some students cross and that sort of thing. But you could just you could and back to the, the amount of trees in nature. You could just hear birds chirping like. You've got thousands of kids on this campus, and yet you're still hearing nature. Yeah, you said that right when we kind of reconnected. Right, and it was just like we're not talking like one bird, like having a having a good morning. I mean, you can just tell like there there's a there's a, a feeling of nature on that campus. I yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I loved it. I think it's I think it's awesome. You know, and if anyone wants to tour with 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 me, with Joel, if you like to run around like a fool, you can hang out with me. If you like to sit and learn and compl- contemplate and and read and, and learn things, then then you hang out with Joel. So And if you put the two of us together, you have this podcast. There you go. See, that's why that's, that's why, why we, we do, do what we do. 
Is there anything else you think our listeners need to know about Maryland? I, I, th- I think of one more thing, and you can tell me if that, that could be it. But there's, there's a lot of construction going on right now, but it's really, really cool because the Green Line is about a mile away from campus, and they are building right down the middle of the main road of campus. They are building um, a, a connector. Like a like a trolley or something. I don't know. We can see the tracks. We don't. We didn't know what was going to go on those tracks. But it, you're going to be able to go sh- from Washington D.C., take the Green Line to College Park, and then take Campus's line right into the heart of campus, right to your building, which right. right now you can't do. It's about a mile away, so you're talking about a 20 minute walk, and you never know with weather and stuff like that. So I think I think that'll be cool. Yeah, and one last thing, and this was just just really for me, as we were leaving campus, we ended up on the, on the edge of campus. And, um, we've got a student from Connor that's a freshman at Maryland that's on the women's soccer team. So, um, we got to go over and actually we saw the football stadium and then right next door, uh, we saw the soccer stadium. And so, uh, we got to see where Juliet plays, um, saw her on, on TV the other night. Nice. Um, they were playing awesome. Wisconsin, but, um, again, um, a little bit of, look like some construction in that part of campus as well. Um, but just, uh, that was nice to get to, to stop real quick and take a couple of pictures for my soccer coach at Connor. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Should, should we, should we take a momentary break and then start our last two colleges? Sure. Let's take a quick break and then we'll, we'll head to, yeah, our final two colleges. All right. back to get schooled on campus chris we've got a couple other schools that we're going to look at but um you you had a comment that you wanted to make a real quick yeah i mean i loved i loved university of maryland and i definitely could see some of my craft academy students uh, putting this putting this school on their list for for those sciences and computer sciences but what i want to do here is uh let's head due east to one of the most unique schools in the country, the United States Naval Academy. And I'll start this one since it was at least my third time visiting visiting this campus. Uh, the first time was back in the early 2000s. I visited with the Kentucky ACAC college tour. We did a whole bunch of uh, Baltimore and Maryland colleges. My, my cousin, married a midshipman on the day after his graduation. So I went to the, the wedding was in the chapel. The commencement speaker was Barack Obama who flew in on Marine One. So sitting in the stands, you watch Marine One fly in, land the helicopter, he comes out, does a little speech and shakes every single person's hand coming in at, at graduation. Did a little kayaking on Spa Creek in Annapolis Harbor. So I've spent I spent a decent amount of time uh, on on campus. I love the Naval Academy. It's again so unique. Uh, but Joel, you spent more time on campus this time. So so after an awesome lunch at Pusser's, recommended by my cousin, by the way, the Caribbean Grill right on Annapolis Harbor. Oh, sitting out watching some boats, watching the water. We we walked to the Naval Academy public entrance and uh, wait for a Joel. Are you ready? Great podcasting language. Why don't you put up the sails and take us down the Severn to the USNA? So I was probably more excited for this uh, than any of any place we were planning on going simply because I've had students that have gone to the Naval Academy. Um, I've got one now that's that as a senior that, uh, fingers crossed, we'll get to go. Um, and so having, I've been to sessions on how to get kids into service academies. And so 
I, I was really looking forward to this one. Are you going to um, give a shout out to our to our friends who came with us from Northern Kentucky on this? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so um, we left Pussers. We're walking. We're walking down around um, Annapolis Harbor. We walk about two blocks. You know, there's 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 houses and small businesses and that sort of. I mean, we're talking small town look again, right on the harbor. And then you just sort of see like the the for the fence, the 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 brick um, boundary of the Naval Academy. Uh, you're going you go into a gate, and here you are on campus. Um, and so you can tell right from the outset that you are in a different place um, and not in a bad way, but you can tell you're in a different place than, than we were with West Virginia and with Maryland. Oh, sure. Identification, going yeah. through, um, you know, going, basic screening process sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, metal detector, show your ID, you know, why are you there? That military that kind institution. Of stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so really, um, you know, the, the, the things to know with the U S Naval Academy, um, and then, then I'll mention kind of what we got to do. Um, so getting into the Naval Academy is much more of a process or any of the service, most of the service academies, um, you know, there's a, there's a nomination process where you have to work. Um, generally, students will either get nominations from their um, House of Representatives member, their senators. Um, technically, you can get a nomination from the vice president. Um, you know, there's there's physicals you have to complete and, and athletic forms to make sure you're physically fit. And, uh, you know, just, just there's more to the process of getting into a service academy. And so you kind of have to work a little sooner. And in my experience, you have to be organized. Um, the students that I work with, I have them keep their materials separated by, by person nominating because you've got to send paperwork to their offices. Um, if, if you don't stay organized with this process, you're going to lose paperwork. You're going to, you're going to oh, yeah. forget to submit things, that sort of thing. Um, as far as the academic programs, you know, I'm, I'm looking and at their majors. Um, I've got the stats right in front of me. Okay. You want them? T tell us about the majors and then I'll tell you what the, the side note is with that. Okay, great, great. Econometrics and that word again. We got to know what that word is. In quantitative economics, 12.2% of, of the students have that major. And another 12.2% political science and government. Then you've got cyber electronic operations and warfare, not the most common major you see in America. Mm -hmm. uh, mechatronics, robotics, and automation engineering, six, six, over 6%. Operations research, mechanical engineering, regular computer science. But it's also English language and literature, history. And mm -hmm. you've got the aerospace engineering type stuff too. Right. But, but here's the thing, whether you, no matter what your major is going to be, you are going to take STEM coursework that is going to benefit the Naval Academy, the Navy, and our country. Absolutely. Um, I, I had a student who went through the, the academy, came back to visit, and, and pretty much said he was a history major. And he said that the, the amount of engineering that he still had to take okay. would have gotten him a degree at any traditional college. Um, it's just part of the curriculum. Um, so you're not, you know, you need to know that going in. You have a lot of options for what to study, but a large part of your curriculum is going to be STEM focused. Um, one thing that we did is um, we we actually paid for a driving tour. Um, this is when we split up, right? When you We and split asked, up at this yeah. point. Um, and we paid for a driving tour. It was about an hour and a half. Um, it was about 30 bucks, maybe. Um, you got and, a tour guide with it. And it came with the tour guide. Um, there was seating for, I think, I think you could have gotten five people in there. 
Um, got a free water bottle because because it was getting a little warm that day. So the guy gave us some water. Um, but but the guy who who toured with us um, was a civilian, but he had been working at the Naval Academy for I think he said something like fifteen years. Wow. He was he was a history major from the University of Maryland. Um, and so you start you know you start driving slowly. You're going to see every building. Uh, you're going to see the the Bill the Goat statue. Uh, you're going to see the chapel. Um, one cool moment we uh, we were going down what's called Captain's Row, um, and it's it's a street of houses where all of the the top uh, where all of the top officers that help run the Naval Academy they all live. That's my favorite part of campus. Yeah, and yeah. so as we're walking, and he has we have the windows down, and he's talking about this one of the officers was actually walking down the sidewalk. Oh, cool. And, and so the, our tour guide is pointing out something about this guy's house. And he's, he's like, Hey guys, how are you doing? What do you guys want to know? This is my house. And, and so we just start talking to him um, about campus and he'd been there only a year or two. Um, and so we, we talked for a little bit and a super nice guy, but what's funny is, and I, this has got to be standard. Um, you know, he, he's like, I hope you guys have a good rest of your tour. Go Navy, beat Army. Um, oh, he says it right there. He says time. it right there, no prompting. Um, yeah. And so you, right there, you know, you just feel the pride. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other interesting thing, you know, you're seeing midshipmen walk to class. Mm-hmm. We either saw them, uh, we, were, we went to the, the rec center was where we started the tour. Um, and so you saw students in standardized athletic shorts and shirts, or else you saw them in uniform. Um, they, they are told by uh, the person in charge of campus what the uniform is for the day. Um, and so you know what to wear um, on each particular day. Uh, the day we were there was a Wednesday. Most of the younger students were in uh, dark, uh, they call them navy blacks, but they were in, they're really like dark, dark blue uniforms. Um, the older kids that day were allowed to wear the uniform of the, the either a marine uniform or a naval uniform of the, the branch that they were planning on right. going into after graduation. Um, but just the way they walked, the way they were dressed, you know that you're you're in a different place um, on this campus. True. I mean, they were they were friendly. They were they were social, but they walked with purpose. Yes. Everything they were doing was walking with purpose. Yes. Um, we talked about you know how how the the students are divided into platoons um, with platoon leaders. That's that's your group from when you start. You know, and and he talked all about the organization with that. Um, We got to um, go in in the back of the campus. The library is right on the harbor. And then on the other side is there. There's a there's a. um, There's an area where they've got sailboats parked, more sailboats than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Any college would have. Um, We he drove us through the Naval Academy Cemetery. Um, so we, we heard some stories of some famous midshipmen, um, including Senator McCain. Um, and, and so you, you got to learn the history behind it. Um, saw the building where they've got some captured flags all the way from like the War of 1812 era and beyond. Uh, you can just feel the history. And like you said, the purpose um, that's, that's on that campus. The mission of the Naval Academy, I'm reading again, right, mm-hmm. is to develop midshipmen morally, mentally, and physically, and to imbue them with the highest ideals of duty, honor, and loyalty in order to graduate leaders who are dedicated to a career of naval service and have potential for future development in mind and character to assume the highest responsibilities of command, citizenship, and government. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the guy... Touring made the comment that the the first thing you learn and the first thing you live by is 
no matter what else you do in life, you do not lie, cheat, or steal. Awesome. If you were caught ever doing that, you're you're done. Um, and so that's not that you should do that anyway, but that is there from the outset. Right. Um, you know, they talked about like, um, you know, the other things students need to know, especially the younger you are, um, the time you get up is standard. Study time is standard. Athletic time is standard. When you eat, how much time you have to eat, all of that is standard because the one thing that, and, and he and I talked after the tour before he started his next one, you are part of a team yeah. on this campus. Yeah. This is not, this is not just about you. It's about you being part of something bigger than yourself. And so the whole vibe of the campus is you're part of a whole. Um, we're right. gonna we're gonna develop you as an individual, but you also are gonna contribute to a, to something bigger. Fantastic! I love I think it. Is awesome. I love it. I was able to do one quick thing that I had not done in a previous visit, and I happened to find the United States Naval Academy Museum. Went in there and just spent maybe about thirty minutes, just kind of reading. I've read some North Pole stuff lately, so I was reading about uh, you know North Pole. <laughs> North Pole expeditions and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a great place. Yeah. So if you want to visit, um, you, you don't need advanced, you know, you, you can visit, just make sure you have your ID with you and that sort of thing. Um, but, um, definitely a tour of some kind. Yeah. It, yeah. it definitely, definitely was worth an afternoon. Now, while we were doing that, um, the the two counselors that we were tagging along with, um, so the three of us did that. Chris decided to take a little side trip um, to a school that that was definitely interesting for me to to listen to him talk about. So, Chris, where did you end up? I ended up at the the second oldest college in America, by the way. Founded in 1696. Yeah. Called St. John's College. Now, there's two campuses at this point. There's one in Santa Fe, not the oldest. I thought... You did not make it to the Santa Fe campus. Did not make it to the Santa Fe (laughs) campus. But um, I I found this school because I was just looking at the map, trying to plan our visit and how things would go. And I see this little rectangle on the map, diagonal from the Naval Academy, and then I'm like, well, let's read about this school. You don't know if it's for profit or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not obviously not an expert on, on all of these things. Lots of great counselors would know St. John's college immediately. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I do now. And the more I read, the more interested I got. Um, it's, it is one curriculum, one curriculum. It's the a pure, pure liberal arts curriculum and it's founded on the great books. So the great books curriculum was adopted in, in 1937. And it has not changed much. There's some more modern stuff that's in there now, especially mm-hmm. for senior year. But the curriculum hasn't changed much. So let's say you run across a graduate from 1970. You've read the same books. You've read the same things. This curriculum is, is set up where you have seminar style classes. And if you're going to study science, you read somebody who wrote books about science. If you're going to, you're going to read origin of the species by Darwin. I'm going to, I'm going to share a couple things you read. Are you ready? Yeah. So you, as a freshman, you're going to read some of the ancient philosophers, Aeschylus, Archimedes for the natural sciences. You're going to read clouds by Aristophanes which is literature, which is uh, philosophy, theology, classical studies. You're going to read Aristotle, of course. You're going to read Euclid, which is going to be part of your mathematics curriculum. You are going to read Homer, which I have read. My fa- one of my favorite electives in college were the classics. So I really got kind of excited. You're going to read Mendeleev for science. So here's what I'll talk about my tour in a minute, but I went around 
And I ended up talking to someone in the admissions office, a, a, a junior student who was just waiting in the office to give a tour of NACAT counselors later in the day uh, who were on a different schedule than us. We just did our own thing. But his point with men to leave is, you know, you can go to a, a regular college, a regular school, and you can you can learn the periodic table. Mm-hmm. You can you can learn the elements and you know how heavy they are and what their charges are and all those kinds of things that chemists learn. Uh, but they read men to leave and they understand why. Students who students who leave this university they they also know the periodic table, but they know how it was made. I mean, Mendeleev had gaps in his that he predicted that were elements out there that weren't discovered yet. And he was right. Right. So, but they read Mendeleev. I don't know too many chemists. I mean, I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying that this is the type of curriculum that you get to the core. You get to, you get to the primary research. You get to, I forget the even term for it, but you get to... The, the original writings. By the time you finish freshman year, you've read all the way through Thucydides and even Virginia Woolf. You head to sophomore year, and boom! I, the, the sophomores I talked to, I said, "What are you reading?" He's like, "Oh, that the, that guy was a sophomore who who gave me that information." Mm-hmm. So he says, "I'm reading Job right now because we read I'm reading the the Bible." He's like, "I don't like Job, not the person." Mm-hmm. The chapter i'm like yeah i'm sure you don't but you read thomas aquinas dante you read chaucer you read ann Locke. you read machiavelli plutarch igor stravinsky this is your shakespeare year this is your sophomore year virgil with the aeneid you even study beethoven so the question I asked you at the time that I want to ask now. Yeah. So if I'm interested in science, if I'm interested in English, if I'm interested in history, that's not the point with this university. It's not the point. I'm majoring in college. You, it not, is the most pure liberal arts degree you can probably imagine. The issue, the, the issue is, you know, and I think liberal arts is having a comeback, but because jobs are changing so quickly that really you need the better skills. You need the mm-hmm. problem solving, the critical thinking, the analysis. Those are, those are more valuable skills than having a whole bunch of content in one area that, that right. then leads to an exact job. I mean, there's no, I'm, I, I have no problem with it, with any of these things, but what I, what I'm saying is that liberal arts in our modern economy is coming back. Mm-hmm. And this book, I mean, this is book got books on the mind, this curriculum of the great books, it's not for everybody. You got to be, it, it takes, it takes a unique student to be the kind of person who's like, Hey, I just want to read and talk about this stuff. The sophomore I talked to told me that he just didn't know what he wanted to major in. And his dad heard about this school. So he applied, learned more about it. And it turned out to be a great fit for him, but it was because he didn't have anything decided as far as what his career wanted to be, he still doesn't know. But when he leaves this university, he will be extremely well read. Obviously, he'll be well educated. He'll be he will have had just so many discussions about history, science, mathematics, government, politics, life. I mean, I, I'm going to hit sophomore year because you're going to get more excited, Joel. You're going to you, if you're a sophomore here, you're going to get a little more excited because you're going to read the United States historical documents. Yeah. Articles of Confederation, Declaration of Independence, you read the Constitution. Um, maybe less exciting for you, you read Jane Austen, but you're going to read Bernoulli, who's one of my favorite scientists ever, because it's why a plane flies. A plane. It's why a plane flies. Right. It's because uh, the concepts the Bernoulli of, of, yeah. of Bernoulli's principle. You're going to Descartes, Ben Franklin. You're going to read. Hamilton, Jay, and Madison. I was going to say there better be some Federalist papers in there somewhere. You probably it's, you read it says the Federalist on their website. I think you just read all of them. Yeah. Um, then you're going to hit some literature. So you've got Hawthorne, you know, like the old American literature. But you also are, you're also reading John Milton that year with Paradise Lost. You're reading Isaac Newton, of course, Pascal. 
you're reading Jonathan Swift. You're also hitting Mark Twain. So call back to Elmira College, right? So Ralph Ellison, ask, The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. You're going to read that. This is all junior year. Right. Can Can I ask a question that just popped in my head, though? Sure, of course. If, if, you, were a, if you were a slow reader like myself. I ask I mean, about that. I ask about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, the books you're, you're, you're rattling off are great, but you're rattling off a lot of books. Oh, I'm not even reading half of them. <laughs> so, but, so, yeah. So, but, you know where, where my question's going. like. But if can, you're in a traditional college, you've got five classes. Right. And in those five classes, you're spending hours and hours on each one of those classes. Right. So you're going to spend a lot of time reading. If you're a slow reader, you don't read every part of every book. Because some of these books, when you talk about 200 great books, some of them are maybe articles or things like that. Okay. So the answer is yes, you do a lot of reading. But I think I think it's manageable. Okay. I think it's manageable. I do. I mean, that's the impression I got from the students. Okay. And then let's see, Virginia Woolf, James Joyce. And while we're already here, let's hit, let's hit senior, senior year. Oh man, you're going to love this. You read United States Supreme Court decisions. Yeah. That's well, interesting. Marbury versus Madison. Woo. You doesn't say, but there you go. Then, then yeah. you, so you have Darwin, Joseph Conrad, you read Emily Dickinson, Dostoevsky, W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, they have a, a high – I probably didn't – I read a lot of names I knew how to pronounce, and I read a lot of names that, like, I've read their stuff before. But there is there is a great deal of, of diversity in the literature and in mm-hmm. the topics that people are reading. Uh, you've got Michael Faraday, Gustave Flaubert, Faulkner – Let's see, Kierkegaard. Getting Abraham a little existentialism Lincoln. in there. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, Gregor Mendel. So you've got more sciences because mm-hmm. you got your genetics, right? Yes. Yep. Tony Morrison, Flannery O'Connor, Max Planck, natural sciences, Tolstoy. Try to find things I don't recognize. Lots of things I don't recognize. Um, Lousy, L-A-O-Z-I. I don't know that, and maybe it's something I should read. But it's in under philosophy, theology, and psychology. You get the point, right? So I don't have to go on. You get the point. Two campuses, one curriculum. That's kind of funny. It's a good motto. Two campuses, one curriculum. Um, you've got. Just a complete full liberal arts curriculum. The students were were so nice. Um, I'll read something from from their from their school. Okay. I'm look looking something up as well. If I can find it, I'll share it. This is perhaps the most distinctive undergraduate curriculum of any college in America. Our students read the original writings of great thinkers across three thousand years of history, engage in vigorous classroom discussion with fewer than 20 students around the seminar table. That's something I have to tell you. And study interdisciplinary ideas across the humanities and sciences without limiting students to the restrictions of siloed majors. Professors don't stand at a lectern and teach. It's like literally like Knights of the Round Table, where everyone's equal. The professor sits at the seminar table with you and helps guide students, if needed, through the discussions of, of these great books. One one other question. You may not have been able to find the answer to this, but the the professors that are there, are they do you think they're experts in certain books? Like like how are they assigned what they're what what they're leading as far as discussions? I wonder. Oh, uh, I wonder. I should have done the real tour instead of mine. Well but I got to meet some kids. I don't know. Like it, like if I'm yeah. if I'm in charge of the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, that sort of thing, I'm golden. If I'm in charge of Max Planck, those kids. No, are I'm sure impressed. that's how it works. I'm sure that's okay. how it works. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You science science people would be reading the science text, right. and, and math people would be reading the math text. Okay. 
So if I, if I if I'm covering all 200, well, it's been a good been a good run as a professor, but I don't know that I'm going to last. Right, I got you. Yeah, um, I have a fun fact for you. Me as a science naturey type person, and and you as a, a really good trivia type person. So the the unofficial mascot of of St. John's College is the axolotl. Do you know what the axolotl is? I do because um, one of my my fellow counselors, her daughter who is now eleven, I think, asked for an axolotl for Christmas a year or two ago. There you go. And that's the only reason I know what it is. And if the listeners don't know, it's an amphibious creature that's really cool looking. A X O L O T L. Yeah. And so, they, uh, so yeah, when I, that's, they have the, a picture of an axolotl. There's some of their marketing, some of the yeah. marketing from the university will have like an axolotl on it. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I like Thanks, it. Thanks, Lydia, for teaching me what an axolotl is. Exactly. Exactly. I, I am, I love this. This, I mean, it's just, it's so unique, so interesting. And just that concept, it is not for everyone, but it's a small school. Mm-hmm. And I'm just happy to share that with, with people, you know, you and I had talked about potentially doing some of not really a whole series, but the concept of what else to visit. So when you visit Cornell, for example, what's another college you should go see. And mine would be Elmira college. If you're going to visit the U S Naval Academy, go look at St. John's college. Right. So there's all these colleges that that maybe people are smaller or people don't know as much about. Maybe I just don't know anything and everyone knows about St. John's College, but now all the get school listeners will. So that's that's cool. So that's it. Heading north back to Baltimore. I'd love to hear some final thoughts from you, Joel. Uh, I my my initial final thought is it's amazing how in the course of 24 to 30 hours, we were able to find four colleges that really gave us different impressions and different vibes. And I think it's just an example of if you, if you do your research, there's a college out there for everyone. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, you know, it, it, it points to the importance of getting on a campus um, and just spending some time looking around, talking to people, hitching tram rides. Yeah, um, but yeah, just, that was fun. But just really getting on campus and seeing what it's about. I agree, hundred percent. And and for me, it was it was probably one of the highlights of our trip. You mean just riding in the car? Listen to me <laughs> talk wasn't the highlight. <laughs> what 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 do we what do we have on the on the books uh, for our next trip? Well, sir, I'm glad you brought that up. What do a couple of older bald college counselors do for spring break? Visit colleges. So once again, we are both going south for now. We're looking at uh, Nashville, Atlanta, and Athens, Georgia. You all can figure out what we're probably going to see. And we will, we'll see what these adventures bring. But the, but the hotel rooms are booked and the dates are set for spring break 24. Yeah. And remember, if you want to learn more about the college admissions process, listen to our original podcast, Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Pretty much available everywhere. But in all seriousness, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Uh, follow us also on Twitter at, at GetSchooled3. And if you want to contact us, go to www.askmrreeves, that's askmrreeves.com, slash GetSchooled. We'll see you next time on Get Schooled on Campus. I gotta get rolling because kids are coming over at 10.
I'm in charge of Geta. Nice. Um, now, do you do you buy it in the role, or do you buy it like in the individual? This was uh, Jen found a block. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I've bought them in the individual patties. Oh yeah. Not as good. Not as good. Okay. Got. And for the <laughs> and for the people listening to this that aren't from this area, they're going to be like, "What the crap is Geta? What is Geta? When this makes it in the blooper reel, like my, what is? My dad was a butcher for forty two years, and he'd never heard of Geta until my brother and I started really? moved up here, and he was exposed to it. 